0: What's up, y'all? This is Jake here. Um, Just wanted to have a little bit of preface before the episode. I'm actually still editing the episode as I record this. Um, uh, Just a couple of things. Uh, First off, uh, I apologize that there's no Tuesday-Thursday content this week. To be completely honest with you, it's just been a really rough uh, mental health week. I'm not going to come up with an excuse, really. It just has been hard to do this week. Uh, A lot of things have been. Um, so thank you for the handful of you who do listen to these, uh, the non smash ones, especially, um, I know the, the, uh, ledge side chats are the ones of mine that have been kind of been blown up. So if you are also listening to the Friday pods, uh, I appreciate it. Um, also at the beginning of this episode, I call it a composer chats, even though it is a strike up the band. Uh, that's just where my head's been this week. Um, I, it's one of the many, sort of mental mistakes i kind of make in talking including um including calling dead cells dark souls like six times when we're talking about the dead soul see i almost did it again the dead cells dlc so apologies to uh everyone that that uh hurts so yeah uh thank you for listening to this one i appreciate it i'm sorry it came out so late I hope you enjoy it I brought as much energy I yeah, I brought as much energy as I could um I'll be back on schedule next week I have a couple of good ideas for composer chats that I'm gonna record this weekend so I have a couple built up and I am uh, scheduling some really good ledge side chat interviews that I'm really excited about so I hope you guys are gonna like that stuff uh thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. I don't know like it's Goofy. Oh, man, can we talk about Goofy? No.
1: Okay. Alright. Yeah, there's, right. no okay. there's no Kingdom Hearts. Hearts on the horizon.
0: Well, there's like, always Kingdom Hearts on the
1: Horizon. Like why is Goofy the only fully closed Disney
0: Why is Goofy the only fire type Pokemon that cannot let Can't
1: let
2: her. Her? <laughs> what
0: was it? Solar Beam? Solar Beam, yeah, you're right. Whatever.
2: Goofy can learn please.
0: Goofy, sh- I don't want to do this anymore. All right. <laughs> I'm going to intro us and then we can do the thing. What was that?
3: The boys are back in town. OK, <laughs> I was getting in the zone.
0: Guess who just got back today? It's Goofy. <laughs> and I don't know anything else about Is it Pluto. Is the yeah, it's a, dog.
1: It's Mickey's dog. Mickey's That's dog. Mickey's dog.
0: There. Goofy is his own dog. Slash. Goofy, Goofy is also Mickey's dog. To be clear. Mm-hmm. With a yeah, w. they don't want to. They don't want to what?
3: I don't know. It gets messy.
0: <laughs> well, I want to get messy. <laughs> Goofy is not on the podcast. Of <laughs> course. <Cool. laughs> If, if anybody's housing Goofy right now, ask him to step out of the room. Uh Can we speak to Goofy? Hey, you gotta leave. <laughs> How does everybody have Goofy? How can there be so many Goofies in one apartment?
1: Dude, inside the actor studio, Eric, can we speak to Goofy? <laughs> Wait, is that an inside <laughs> the actor studio thing?
3: It is now.
0: Do they like? Do they well, but like, do they have the voice actors do the voices in? Like yeah, the that same guy way? like says that, and then and the and the and like it's a seance.
3: Yeah. Oh man, I hate that.
0: <laughs> I'm back on board. Actually, that's something I'm into. That's something I can believe in. I'm worried this might just be the intro to the podcast. Actually, <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, i'm your host jake composer jacobson and this is it is friday december 6th uh so 2019 yeah, all right. yeah we're just going with that Fine. all right all right cool why not <laughs> this is composer chats if you haven't been able to tell by now this is a gaming podcast where me and some of my friends uh talk about video games and also uh, how Goofy is owned by Mickey, and so is all of media. Uh, I'm joined here this afternoon with Eric Rudkin.
3: I'm Eric Rudkin.
0: I'm not by, owned by Disney. By Eric. Well, not yet. Well, not who owns DocuSign?
3: Not Disney. Not yet.
0: <laughs> uh, we are joined by Isaiah Rodriguez. Hello. And Thomas Quintana. I'm here as well. Now, again, I do need to specify Goofy is listed as one of the people who is part of this call. If he shows up, I will immediately hang up <laughs> the, the phone, the landline that we're recording on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So whenever we get our podcast together, we pick up the big red line. I pick up the big red phone, and it calls every all of your big red phones. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people answer, and some people don't. Uh, and, and Goofy cannot answer.
2: We all live on the same stretch of a uh, county road. We got a party line. Mm-hmm. You no.
3: Know?
0: Actually,
3: it actually saves me $10 a month on my internet. Cause that's how they get you to have the landline.
0: Oh, so you cut it for the party line instead, mm-hmm. man. I wanted a landline because I want to have a rotary phone, but <laughs> also that's really dumb to pay extra money for that. <laughs> so like I haven't done it yet. Um, <laughs> fellows, <laughs> uh, it is the, uh, week after American Thanksgiving, And um, we're going to talk about Pokemon finally, but I figure we might as well do it at the end uh, to as sort of a sort of a cherry on top of this delicious episode that we've been baking so far. Uh, Before we get into that, um, I want to know what y'all have been playing. Uh, Eric, what kind of stuff have you been playing lately?
3: So I know this is a video gaming podcast and I'll loop it into that because they just released a digital version of this, but me and some friends have been playing the board game Gloomhaven. Um, This is kind of the, I don't know, it kind of seems like the final board game right now, (laughs) just kind of in concept of just what's going on with it. It's a campaign tactics based video or board game. I I said video game again. Um, Tactics board game that is actually doing a lot of things to try to emulate a tactics video game so instead of there just being enemies out there that they have an ai set up essentially that is a set of rules that the enemy follows so a lot of these systems as you're going on um, are built to sort of emulate enemies in a tactics game Uh, so you go in and it's a fantasy setting uh, for people and it's kind of a run-of-the-mill story so far of people that are trying to help a town we fought a necromancer we killed a necromancer this last session um and i'm really enjoying it it's kind of clunky but in a good way um the combat is essentially you set up where all the characters have minis and then there's a bunch of enemies on stands throughout these fully modular boards that you set up, and combat's really unique, because as opposed to in any other kind of turn-based RPG, where you've kind of got a everybody rolls for initiative, and then you just go through the list. um, The way they handle initiative is you have a deck of cards that is your class, and every single ability is split into two. So, like, for mine, I'm playing the Scoundrel right now, so I have one move that is throwing knives. And so the top of the card is a multi-attack... It's a smaller attack because it's just a throwing knife, but I can do it from range and I can hit multiple people because it's supposed to simulate throwing knives. The bottom ability on each card is generally a movement thing. And so in any given turn, you pick two abilities and you do an upper and a lower. And so you're going through and you're picking two cards. Each card has an initiative modifier on it. And then everybody picks their moves in secret and then they reveal them, and that is how you do order, is whatever the number on the card you reveal is. So it doesn't necessarily lock you into an order, and you can kind of discuss what you're going to do on any given turn, and it's a very cool four-player tactics experience that I'm probably not doing a good job of fully explaining, but that's kind of the gist of it. Um,
0: Are you working together in this game?
3: Yeah, so it's a cooperative campaign um, going through and... Just trying to uh, each map has a different objective. So most of the ones you've seen so far are it gives you like a four room dungeon and it says kill all enemies as you progress through this dungeon. Um, There's other things you can pick up. You have items to modify. You have other things on your cards that bounce off. Like uh, one of my friends is playing a sorceress that can summon familiars to have other people out on the board. Um, Each class also has a surprising amount of depth to it for being just a board game um so with my class it's about moving quickly applying debuffs to people and then having one or two big hits and i'm playing the scoundrel with the um sorceress they have a lot of very powerful spells but instead of being able to discard them and get them back they're gone into kind of a um exile i guess for magic gathering terms as opposed to the discard or graveyard
0: yeah they're removed from the game
3: They're removed from the game but then they have one card that lets them pick everything up back out of exile at some point but they can only do it once per mission
0: okay so so how long is a mission like is a mission one Um, session basically essentially
3: because it's taken us probably two and a half three hours every time we've gotten together to play through a mission just because of kind of the speed of the game sure it is definitely a commitment we probably we're probably only seven or eight missions in um at this point we've been playing since may or june (laughs) we don't get together all that often but it's finally starting to pick up a little bit and i feel like we're kind of getting the hang of it which is nice um the reason i brought it up on the podcast is that they have released a digital version of gloomhaven um that i've picked up It is still in early access uh i am not a huge fan of the digital version compared to the board game um i have a feeling that today might be me bitching about games too much but um (laughs)
0: now let's now i'm ready
3: now we're in we're in it all right um so as far as the look goes the look it's beautiful the animations are fantastic it does a very good job emulating the board game because you're still dealing with like you have the hand that you come together with to make your class you're going up on the enemies it still has like random damaging that's the other thing i wouldn't have i didn't explain when you go for an attack you flip over an attack deck that modifies the attack. So, like, on those throwing knives, it would be a... I would attack for two, but then I flip over a card in my deck that might say plus two, and that throwing knife would do four. It might say crit, and it would do double. It might say nullify, and the attack misses. And that's kind of where they introduce an element of randomness.
0: So, this sounds like a board game that wants to be a video game in the first place.
3: Exactly, yeah. So, it's, it's very much trying to emulate like an XCOM or something along those lines. And in the video game of it that they've made, it kind of feels like it's almost not leaning too hard. Or it's not leaning enough into the board game aspects where it just kind of feels like it's trying to be a video game of the board game, but not realizing that the board game's trying to be a video game. So it's kind of just flailing a little bit. So it's a clunky video game when it could be a cool video game version of a board game.
0: So you would almost rather it, you you are worried that it's trying to close that circle when, when it just should be like, what if we
3: made this digital? Right. So like one of the things, so you have in the board game, you're holding your hand, you keep everything secret. In the video game version, it just has your skills listed out on the side. I feel like if that was even as something as different as like, I have a hand that I'm sorting through versus it just being a list of spells that would feel better because it's still me like looking at resources in my hand. It's still me looking at a hand versus just trying to pick out spells from a list. Does, um,
0: does the, it does it change the gameplay?
3: Not. It
0: doesn't know.
3: It's more of a flavor thing. It's just kind of a, when you're looking at it, it's a lot harder to, At the very least for me when i'm trying to figure out what my play is it's nice to be able to look at the cards at the same time versus when i in the video game when you have to mouse over them it only ever shows you one card on the screen at a time whereas like if i could compare all of the options because each card also has two options you can take so it's a lot to remember sure and it just feels a little bit clunky in that aspect and the other thing in the video game is when it does come to damage rolls They have completely eliminated the deck and it just shows you what happens so it's the same thing functionally but it's a very tense moment in the board game of i need to hit this attack and then you flip over a card and that's what the thing is the actual act of flipping it over is like it's a thing that it's a hype moment essentially like when it goes well for you and what they've done in the game is the person runs over the animation begins and then it flashes up what your result is but even if it was as simple as like you could see the deck and see a card flip over i just feel like that would be way more satisfying to do in a digital environment and right now it just kind of feels like a poorly like it feels like a clunky tactics game versus feeling like a cool digital animated version of a cool board game
0: yeah so so i'm watching this video on steam right now and and it looks almost like um it looks almost like a it, it, yes like like a, like a tactics game. Like it almost looks like a Diablo. Like if Diablo were mm-hmm. like a, a hex-based game. Yeah. Almost. Um,
3: Which is interesting. Like I'm into the... Because the strategy is... It's very good. They don't have the full campaign in there. It's still just... They, had, they made kind of like a roguelike structure for it for early access. Right. And they're adding in classes as time goes on. And they're doing a really good job with all the animations and the look and everything. It's just that compared to the board game, it it feels different enough that I don't think that they're for the same audience necessarily.
0: Okay. That's fair. So, so you, you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but um, it, it sounds like you think that like some of the charm of the board game is that emulation of the video game. And so it just being a video game loses some of the charm of the game
3: a little bit, but I feel like that is stuff that they could, do in the digital environment, like represent represent a little bit differently with the UI. Do okay. just a few changes, and also it takes away a layer of strategy. Having to do everything cards up essentially because when you're controlling more than one person in the video game, you've got complete control over what order everyone does everything in. That's information that has to stay secret when you're doing it in the board game. Right. So like I can't I can't say well I'm going to go with initiative ten, and then somebody says okay I'm going to go at seventeen. But in the video game, you can absolutely do that because you can't hide that information from anybody.
0: Oh, so it does change some of the gameplay, actually.
3: A little bit, because everybody's playing on one screen versus having any kind of hidden information. But I don't know how you fix that in the video game besides having people on multiple monitors in multiple instances. I was going
0: to say, I guess you just have people play online, right? But Yeah. Um, I mean, that board game sounds fun, though. It's great. At, at the beginning of this, you called it You said something like that. It feels like it's the last board game or something. (laughs) What does that Um, mean?
3: (laughs) So I kind of just mean we've been looking for we played through Betrayal Legacy last year and we've been looking for a very like it was a very good campaign. I could talk about Betrayal Legacy another time, but it was probably my favorite experience in the last two years of board games. And we've been kind of looking to replicate that. And Gloomhaven appears to be doing it. Um, I don't know if Gloomhaven's going to have the story highs necessarily that Betrayal did, but as far as just this kind of board game, I don't think anyone's going to be able to outdo the kind of things that Gloomhaven's going for. There is the box itself is like 20 pounds. <laughs> just trying to get that through. There is so much going on here, and none of it feels wasted. I guess like everything that they put in the box has a purpose. And we've still got we've been playing for six months from now and we've been going slow, granted, but we have 13 to 14 player classes that we haven't touched. There is so much here that we are so far away from getting done with, and I'm so excited to get to it. And I, I, I just don't see another board game having this kind of depth to it. In our future, anyway.
0: <laughs> in another timeline, perhaps. Maybe. So Gloomhaven is expensive.
3: Yeah, Which it um, sounds it on, like it
0: based on what you've said. To it's me. a lot of
3: stuff in the box. It was on sale for like 85 over Black Friday. I think it goes on sale pretty often. But for the amount of time we've gotten out of, it, we've absolutely gotten
0: already. You can buy Gloomhaven on Amazon.com for one hundred and nine dollars right now. That's thirty dollars off. Yeah. Of its listed price. Um, Did you, you have the removable sticker set?
3: no no we did not get the removable sticker set we are doing this permanent
0: hmm. what is forgotten circles they got like a they got expansions I, for this game yeah get i think they
3: here. just came out with an expansion that we aren't touching yet because we haven't finished the base game
0: right it sounds like there's enough yeah Could you imagine playing all 98 of these scenarios and then being like man what if i had more gloomhaven to play
3: well that's the other cool thing they're doing is so far we've gotten to a point that it branches the story so as you make choices um, so it's got, it's actually got a campaign to follow. So there's one point that it does feel a little bit like good, good story, bad story. Cause the choice, the big choice we had so far was help the necromancer hunt the necromancer. And of sure. course we all went with hunt the necromancer cause we don't want them necromancing. Ooh. But, um, <laughs> it was, it's interesting though, because choosing that actually blocked off the other scenario, obviously you can't go help the necromancer after you kill the necromancer, but it's just interesting trying to think of going forward. What other kinds of things are going to be blocked off from us, even if we get access to the scenario? But if we can't get there story wise, it's got some replayability there.
0: I like this uh, choose your own adventure style of board game.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, they're all like they're fantastic. We've been trying to look for more of them, and we found a few. The last one we tried was kind of a disappointment. There was a Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, one yeah. that was pretty similar to this that kind of sucked. But I won't get into that. I've talked a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I okay. can talk about
3: a lot of board games.
0: Um, well, let's get a break <laughs> from that. <laughs> I suppose by talking to Thomas about Heroes of the Storm, which the, I don't. It's not a board game. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. It could be. It is a board. It like, Hold on. <laughs> I have a joke for this. Go ahead and tell me about HOTS while I think of it.
2: (laughs) All right, here's my HOTS take. Um, Is that the
0: the segment name?
2: (laughs) Thomas Quintana. HOTS takes. Uh, We'll have to to workshop that. Um, HOTS
0: ones.
2: (laughs) um, So I play a lot of HOTS. I've probably been playing for four years now. Um, And, you know, I play on and off mostly on you know not i don't go super hard but uh the what is probably going to be the last hurrah of this game just happened because blizzard like is done with it uh deathwing the big old dragon boy from world of warcraft just dropped and uh he's very big um pretty fun i've been trying <laughs> him out now
0: um, i don't, I don't want to interrupt but like do, is you he's very big is, yeah. that a, is that a good thing? You mean like size-wise, not like impact-wise?
2: Uh, I mean, both, I guess. He doesn't seem overpowered, uh, especially compared to a couple of the last heroes they dropped. But uh, he is like the size of a fort. Like he is large.
0: How does uh, he navigate the small corridors of a map?
2: I mean, he fits through everything. He, you know, He can body block really well because he's got a lot of body um he is permanently unstoppable uh so like no cc works on him at all uh but he also can't be healed or buffed by teammates in any way like he is just you're just playing a single player game when you play (laughs) Deathwing. uh which is cool and fun and interesting um but i've just been you know enjoying that uh it's mostly what I've been playing besides trying to be the best at Puyo Puyo.
0: Well, um, that's and that's that's pretty new. Have you actually yeah. been playing Puyo? Uh,
2: yeah, I bought uh Puyo Puyo Champions on my Switch, that's the only game I own on it. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the Puyo Puyo machine, Brad. Uh, I know you're listening. Um,
0: friend of the, but no, friend I just, of the show,
2: <laughs> yes, friend of us all. Um, and well, yeah, because like I was gonna get Pokemon, but I was just like. You guys are going to be done with Pokemon in like two weeks. So like. uh No, nah, jokes then... on
0: you. We're going to be doing raids for the rest of our lives.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, jokes on me. But and I was going to buy Puyo Puyo Tetris because like that's the newest one. But it wasn't on sale. It was like $30. Hmm. So I just it didn't pay like five that... bucks for the older one. That Cyber Monday sale. Uh I didn't see it. They um... had everything on sale on Monday. <laughs> Apparently everything but Puyo Puyo, Puyo Tetris.
0: They yeah. actually did like they were selling like
2: uh, it was on sale on Steam. Mario, apparently the Steam port sucks.
0: Mario Odyssey and like Breath, Breath of, the of the Wild, wild were, were like, like forty bucks. Right, like thirty bucks. They're like they're like half off. Yeah, it was like, like that, crazy.
3: That never happens.
0: Uh, was yeah, like a, I
2: probably should have bought some games, but
0: it was like a I got wild in at like six. So yeah, no, that's you were driving home. <laughs> Um, a couple of things I want to touch on for HOTS. First, I do want to say that like one of the things I've always enjoyed about the couple of times we have played HOTS um, is that they do a really good job of making it so that you don't always have to be playing the same game as everyone else. Like I feel like there are a lot of characters who are like, not MOBA characters. Yes. Um, I,
2: it's a very enjoyable part of the game.
0: Like uh, like what is it? Ragnaros they added who mm-hmm. like becomes towers basically. Yeah. A- and like, there's them. a character whose whole thing is that they plant themselves in the ground at the beginning of the game, or at the beginning of a life, and then just Abath- Ab- Abathur,
2: right? Uh, Abathur can move around. Um, oh. but he can, but yeah, he's kind of like the global hero. He can put like hats on people that like shoot spikes and give them buffs, and then. Uh yeah, I mean there's it's it's interesting. Like, you know, I I know that they, they've League has uh definitely like borrowed some of those concepts. Um I know they have that big catfish guy that like eats a teammate and then the teammate can do stuff from like inside of him or whatever. Uh unless I'm wrong, which I might be. But um and there's yeah, Cho'Gall in Hots is one of my favorite uh experiences just because one of you is the driver and one of you is like the turret and you're just playing as this two-headed ogre and it's fantastic
0: oh yeah i forgot about
2: chogol um yeah Hots is a very fun game um which i think is yeah, i feel I- like if they had kind of
3: embraced being the goofy moba earlier and not tried to necessarily go down the esports route for so long they may have found a niche in a different community
0: Yes, and but- I—that's exactly my second point—is that like you—you you mentioned that like this feels like it's like Blizzard's last like Heroes of the Storm update, and like that is entirely because they spent a bunch of money trying to push it as an eSport, and it and it didn't, and nobody took to it in that way. And we're, we're, whereas like uh, I agree with you, Eric, like this game is actually really fun to play, and if they just would have like. Like, if they just would have tried to make a game that's fun to play with other people, rather than, like, try to find the eSports, mo- tap the eSports money, like, that w- that the, the game would maybe still have more legs, even if it's not as much as it would have been if it had caught on as an eSport, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe. It's, you know, it's... It got memed on pretty hard uh, when it came out because, you know, you don't have to last hit minions and, like, you know, all that carryover stuff from, a you know, 25-year-old game engine or whatever that people love for some reason. Like, oh, I'm, you know, my mechanical skill is so good, I can hit this minion, like, and it's like, okay, that's great, but, like, I just want to play the game, <laughs> like, I want to fight the other guy. Well, that's what I've always enjoyed with Heroes of
3: the Storm, too, is, like, they put such a focus on objectives, and the people that were expecting it to be a pure MOBA couldn't handle that, is that, like, I couldn't, people had a hard time carrying at the start, because you really can't do it alone, you have to work as a team.
2: Yeah, it's a team game, and, like, you know, that is, people don't like that, because, you know, (laughs) you have to rely on people, and, like, and, which I get, um,
0: but like what I'll say is like you also don't necessarily have to rely on people. Like I never felt like like I like playing Heroes of the Storm I never felt like we lost a game because I was playing poorly. Like whereas like in League of Legends I felt like we lost every game because I was playing poorly. So like
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I'm not saying but it's it's not it's hard to you know, it's harder to win a game solo than it is to like, you know, lose a game solo. Which, I mean, isn't necessarily true either, but like, uh, yeah, it's and I also, the thing I like about HOTS is that it's a lot more freeform and fluid. It's not like, okay, you stay in the lanes and you do this for 20 minutes, and your jungler's gonna do this and this and this, and like, it's a lot more, okay, well, this isn't working, like, let me try this, or, you know, you rotate down here, and like, even at a pretty high level, I mean, I think, you know, in the HGC or whatever the, the, uh, like, you know, the esports, those dudes had it pretty, pretty solved. But, like, there are such wild outlier characters that, like, you can make some pretty crazy strategies. Um, and, you know, I just, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, I don't, I joke about, you know, league. I have a, you know, a bunch of friends who play league. Um, I was just, you know, they give me, uh, grief for, playing hot still and i'm just like well you know I was like the game's dead blah 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 but you know i was like yeah but my game's fun <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah i've never uh, had fun
0: playing league of legends a single time um... <laughs> <laughs> uh i blizzard has a problem with 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 like there was a time when overwatch was a really fun game and that time was two and a half years ago so like <laughs> you know what i mean like mm-hmm. blizzard yeah. blizzard has problems not trying to like Blizzard has been trying to get one of their games to be an esport for so long that like it has ruined some of those games. And like yeah. so in a in a way like um and I've heard this argued before uh is just like that like like Heroes of the Storm not getting picked up the same way like Overwatch has gotten picked up save that game too because like <laughs> like now I do want to like I still think about playing Hot sometimes like I still think it would be fun but like I but like because there's not like a meta game I need to keep up with like um... yeah
2: I mean it's I don't know I'm sure it's similar in other games like that where. There's, you know, there's best heroes and stuff and like strategies, but it's, you can't really like execute it like the top level guys. I mean, some well, of the stuff works, but some of it's just like, no, you can't do with Illidan, you know, what Fan did with Illidan. Like, but also like, I don't know, that game's just not
0: neutered in a way that like you have to do to a competitive game.
3: Yeah, I feel like that was kind of when I started playing League. It was, I started playing at the tail end of the beta in 2009, 2010. Um, I don't actually remember when I started, but like that game had two years of, well, I guess maybe not even two years, but like we were starting to play and nobody knew what they were doing. Yeah, I remember. And that (laughs) is my favorite part of any game. And it's kind of why I start to fall off of esports style games is if you don't get in early enough to kind of become the community you're not going to break in and at the point that everybody knows what they're doing unless you are a transcendent talent at it and it's hard to create that magic of 10 people screwing around on a map just kind of running around and trying to get to the end objective Because as soon as it gets figured out, it's you're getting yelled at if you're not doing what everybody (laughs) thinks is the only way to do it.
1: Right.
2: But that's what I'm saying, that's what I like about HOTS is that doesn't really happen. I mean, it happens. There are, you know, there are strategies that, you know, it's like, oh, you got this objective, take it to the bottom lane because the next objective is bottom lane. And then we'll take their fort bot lane. And then when the next objective shows up, we'll have the advantage. And stuff like that, but it's not, you know, like other you know, it's not like oh, you need to like lock this wave here and like I don't know, it's you need to pick this hero. Like
0: and and even in that though, like you know, League of Legends has one map. Like Yeah. You're playing in more now though, don't they? Uh Mm -hmm. well no, they got rid of a lot of the other game modes, uh, because team fight happened and was huge for them. Um but uh cuz they got rid of twist twisted treeline and finally and they got rid of uh they still have the
3: ARAM map
0: oh, i but... think that's the only one now cuz they got yeah. rid of Dominion at some point too
3: yeah they shut off Dominion because ARAM took off the magma chamber was their meme map that they kept saying and hyping up for years and that was their 66 killed... map right <laughs> yeah they were well they were going to come up with another 5v5 map and then Kind of a half-life three situation of they kept hyping for too long, and then they realized they weren't going to be able to live up to expectations and <laughs> killed it. But like some of the like notes they had about that map about what it was going to do, and they realized we can't
0: release this. <laughs> Actually, look, we got a lot of big ideas here. Uh, let's make a fighting game instead. I am going to play the hell out of that. I don't I, care. it will be fine <laughs> to it.
3: Rising Thunder, Rising Thunder was great.
0: Rising Thunder. Um. All right, I-, I want Isaiah back in. So let's talk about Killer Queen. Speaking of getting in on the ground floor of something, <laughs> <laughs> um, we all made a blood oath and bought Killer Queen Black uh, over the sale, um, over the Black Friday Cyber Monday stuff. Uh, that game is, uh, if you are not familiar, Killer Queen Black is a is a console version of an arcade game called Killer Queen. Uh, and I don't, I should have looked up um, th- who made this. But basically, like, let's see. Uh, Josh, I'm going to get these names wrong. Josh DeBonis and Nikita Mikros? Bumblebear Games. So yeah. these two guys um, made, like, basically made a bunch of huge arcade cabinets of this like indie game called Killer Queen and it was 5v5 and three uh four players played as the worker bees who like had all of these things they could do they could uh it's going to be kind of hard to pitch this game
1: I think um but like so the basically... arcade
3: game you want me to try
1: <laughs> like Joust the old game Joust but yeah, there's it's pretty similar. To Three you. objectives instead of one. Hella yeah. josters.
0: Yeah, so so there's so there are four four players play as worker bees who like have to either collect these berries, which is one way to win the game is if you collect enough of them. Um they can pilot a snail and if you pilot the snail from the middle of the map to your side of the map, that's a second way you can win the game. Or they can use berries to sort of power up into different uh warrior bees. Uh, And then the fifth player on each team controls the queen, and the queen is the main attacker. Uh, She has a lot of movement attack options. She can do this straight down nosedive uh, attack, and she can also attack left and right, like in these lunges. Um, And she can fly. Uh, but the third way you win the game is if your if your queen if your opponent's queen dies three times then that's a military victory and they lose. Um, so it's just like this really clever like arcade game idea of these like big teams of people like strangers at a bar or like people at a at a uh, land center like just like prop like propping up to a, a big 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 console and it felt really and good they, to play on the machine yeah, too. those cabs
3: yeah those cabs were huge they were very cool each team had their own monitor essentially and like their own five sticks and they were both facing each other so it was like a big social experience too of being able to look over across the way and see the other team on both screens essentially it yeah became and a very like it's a very good arcade experience
0: yeah like being far enough away from the other team that like you can talk to the other players you're playing with about like strategy or you can smack talk the other team. Like it was good. Um, so they announced sometime last year, uh, I believe that they were uh, porting, porting the game basically or making a version of the game for console and for PC, which is killer queen black. Um, and well, the game's still really fun. They they shaved off some stuff, a little bit of changes, which is to say that it's 4v4 now instead of 5v5, which is just like a matchmaking thing, I imagine. Like, you don't want to plan that you're going to have enough people necessarily to to consistently have 5v5s. Um, But, you know, in our experience, 4v4s seem like they tend to fill up eventually. Um, So it seems like maybe 4v4 is the sweet spot. Uh, I think they may
3: have also shrunk the maps a little bit. I don't yeah. know if that's just the screen size difference screwing with my head, but it definitely is. Hard to tell feels... because I played so long ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but that's the other thing. It definitely doesn't feel like we're missing a person with it being smaller lobby.
0: Right. And that's the other thing too, is that there are a bunch of different maps. So like in Killer Queen, there's one map. You play in you play the on the Killer Queen map. Uh but in Killer Queen Black, there are a bunch of different like you go to different maps. Like you play uh you play rounds in in best of five games, um, and the games like switch to different maps per game, basically. Um, so there's a little bit of like changing things around even inside that. Um, but like you know, I- I've been having a lot of fun with playing it with y'all. Um, yeah, it's a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I don't know if one of you wants to hop in and and sort of talk about your time playing Killer
1: Queen Black, but it's just a good thing to have now. I guess I was computerless for so long, and now that there's a game out that I can finally play with the homies. Um, I know it's on Nintendo Switch, but we can talk about that. Isaiah got a big boy computer. A yeah. big boy computer,
0: I guess. I mean, I guess it is. His computer can big do more boy. than look it up. Look him up now. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. He went from a look him up to a rig.
0: Are there any games you're really itching to play with that with that new rig?
1: Uh, well, I bought The Witcher 3. Ooh. outs out to, out to Melons. <laughs> Man. I bought Undertale. It didn't need to be on the computer, but it was also, like, $4, so... Yeah. I played Undertale on the computer, I think.
0: I also own Undertale on, like, everything, so, like... <laughs> and then,
1: a game that I wanted to play during its heyday, but never got to. And a mysterious benefactor gifted me this game. Player Unknown's Battleground. I we should get back into
0: that this week. The unknown player, the unknown player. Who's, who's, who's to, to say, say who that? bought that game? for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would love to play PUBG again, honestly. And I know we talk we talk about this. I want it to be on the air now so that I can. I need pre- <laughs> I need this. <laughs> force I need, yourself to do like, it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I've probably watched over like 200 hours of PUBG gameplay just from like streamers and like games media people playing it but I've never actually touched the game
0: <laughs> uh, let's talk about a little bit of news uh, here I've been most of these are stories from this week I thought about adding we there's not really anything we wanted to touch on from the last couple of weeks um, so <clears throat> big pieces of game news uh, this week are uh, they released Mario Maker 2 DLC uh, it came out today well it came out last night actually um good save uh, well okay it came out <laughs> on the fifth which is yesterday if you're listening to this but it actually came out wednesday night oh really yeah like people were building oh, yeah. levels in it wednesday night all right well. um because it dropped it hands. dropped with the with the with the switch um the switch update last night oh the um, snorlax
3: stealing update
0: yeah uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the one. The one that took away all Isaiah's Snorlaxes. Snor- I got him back. Snorlai? That can't be it.
3: snor Snorlaxos? Um, the
0: murder
1: of Snorlax that I had acquired.
0: So in Mario Maker 1, they had one big Mario Maker patch that added checkpoints. And, like, that was pretty much it. Like, they added costumes, which you could unlock in uh, the original Mario uh theme only um and they had a ton of them but they didn't actually change the gameplay at all um i'm trying to remember i don't think i'm not actually sure that mario maker 1 added anything else i i'm going to check they did a lot
3: play. of pa- i don't think they did a lot of patching uh,
1: game i think all they did was add costumes
0: they added keys so keys were not in the original game. Interesting. Um
1: I think one of the only patches was they fucked up uh p jumps too.
3: Oh, that's right because they kept they did a bunch of patches and changed what they called quote-quote bug fixes or whatever. And then they just screwed they screwed with levels that were already existing and became yeah. impossible but did not purge those levels.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, okay. So so they had one big update. It added checkpoints it added keys you could shake a p-switch to turn it into a key and so it added key coins as well um you could shake a thwomp to turn it into reamers because reamers weren't in the original game either uh which i, didn't. I don't think they're called that <laughs> uh skewers a skewer <laughs> column apparently what did you call them? <laughs>
1: Something we started calling them when we were going through new Super Mario Brothers together.
0: They
1: do exactly what you think they do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, which was like, you know, all in all, like adding keys probably changed level building a lot, but like in the scheme of things, like that was something that probably should have been in Mario Maker one to begin with. Um so this Mario Maker two update Adds a handful of things that are all pretty cool. There is a speed pad, which you can use in the new Super Mario. No, sorry, the Mario 3D world map, which I have seen very few people interact with at this point. It seems like maybe the least exciting announcement of the of the items that they're adding. Um and then they added Pokey, everybody's favorite bad guy for Mario, I'm assuming, which is the big cactus. They added Spike, which is the little green guy from Mario Three, who like spits up and throws Spike Balls. Was he in Mario World? I don't remember.
3: Uh he was not in Mario World. Okay.
1: No. Mario Three then. Similar um, looking guys, but they didn't
3: Yeah. They didn't do that. They didn't they didn't throw up Spike Ball and then throw them at you.
1: Um
0: which which then added also the spike ball as its own item too, so you can just put spike balls uh in the map. Uh, and snowballs; those are all snowballs in in the snow theme, uh, which is cool too because they are. Do you interact with them differently? Um, and then they added the Master Sword. So I referenced that they were adding a bunch of costumes for the Super Mario base game theme in Mario One. So this is a similar thing, but it's a power up. Uh, and it's, and it actually does, it functions. So, like, so, like, Mario turns into Link from the Legend of Zelda series. You've probably heard of him. Uh, and he gets Link's sword. He can use bombs and arrows to interact with the map. Um, and it's, like, already feels like a more substantial, like, you know, they only added, like, three or four things. The, the, the Link update is big, but they only added, like, a handful of things. It already feels like a more substantial update than like anything they added to the original mario maker um if they did this every couple of months i think that that game would have a healthy like following for a long time um and like that's what people wanted out of the original mario maker 2 the original mario maker as well (laughs) um (laughs) So, you know, hopefully this is a sign that, like, they will keep updating Mario Maker 2. It would be cool if they kept adding things in. Even if it was just, like, one new... Like, if they did an update that just added that Lil Thwomp that jumps around in an arc or something. uh, Which is just something I'm pulling from my brain. But, like... Thwimps, Jake. Sorry, yeah. If they just added Thwimps, like, even just that one thing would keep, like, level creators. Like, like giving them even one little new thing to mess play around with would like keep new content coming through the game like more consistently than it does, which is to say like a lot of the good level makers at the beginning of Mario maker two stopped making levels like in July or August because they were just out of ideas out of stuff to mess around with and explore with. So like having some kind of content update like this more often, hopefully means that like a lot of cool, good, cool levels will like float through
1: yeah, I've already been watching streams of people just tooling with all the new stuff and figuring out deviousness and yeah.
0: trickery. Yeah, Grand Pooh Bear uh Twitch.tv slash Grand Pooh Bear was building a pretty silly looking link stage when we started recording that I had to turn off, but um so yeah, I'm excited as like I play the hell out of this game. Uh it's probably it's one of my favorite games to come out on the Switch. And so, like, I'm excited to see how some of those levels populate. Uh, mostly the good ones, but I guess I'm excited about the bad ones, too. I don't know. <laughs> um, they announced a new Dead Cells DLC for 2020. Yeah. Steam, quarter one, 2020. Two new levels of boss and all the good stuff that comes with it, says the headline of the <laughs> the Steam community. Um, um, I'm
3: assuming that means like new enemies, new weapons, new items, new difficulty options, new environmental effects and stuff. Um, I mean, yeah. Have any of you guys played a lot of Dead Cells?
2: I haven't. Or, I feel like I'd like it. You um, would. We it, talked about it, yeah. likes
3: and the likes. Um, I think the interesting thing about this is some of the stuff they talk about in the news release of... This is the first paid DLC they've done for Dead Cells. Every other update has been free up to this point. Um, Because this started... They released an early access version in the middle of 2016 or 2017. Um, And they've been doing constant updates on that until last August with their official release. And they've done... They actually just recently released a big patch that I have not gotten a chance to play yet um, that they're calling the Corrupted update, um, which is kind of looking like a very similar patch to this, um, the Bad Seed. Uh, This one, the Bad Seed does look a little bit bigger, but I think the interesting thing here is the, the fact that they're charging for it as they're shifting over away from Motion Twin to this Evil Empire new company. Um, But they're saying that this is hopefully going to pay for two more years of updates to Dead Cells, with most of them being free. Um, So there's going to be a lot more game here at some point. I'm fine tossing them another five bucks. I have enjoyed my time with Dead Cells a lot. Um, I need to get to this new update, and I only beat the Hand of the King once, which was, like, getting through the... I got through one run one time, and I put probably... Let's see how much Steam set. 40 hours into it? (laughs) Um, They have made the initial run considerably easier so like it gets a little easier to get through to the first ending but even the cool thing about dead cells is that even if you're exploring around there is more than one route through the run it's like you then you can blast through like the main route that'll get you to the end but you may not be as powerful or you can actually go through like there's some intermediate level areas that you can go through that are going to be tougher but there's more better stuff in there for you to get more powerful and there's an even harder one after that now I'd imagine that that's the way they're going to branch it is keep the run the same there but either add more things onto the end or add more branching paths which is something that a lot of roguelikes likes um, haven't done like I you know isaac never did anything like that because isaac was always just straight down and you had to go through any new stuff that they added before you got to anything important whereas with Dead Cells they had almost like a metroidvania kind of thing where certain areas were blocked off by you couldn't get to the toxic sewers until you had the vine room and so it's stuff like that that I have always really enjoyed about uh, my time with Dead Cells.
0: So the DLC is going to be 4.99. Mhm. Um so it's not expensive. And the game's only 25 bucks anyway. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, as you say like they have they want to keep making um Dark Souls stuff not Dark Souls. Souls Jesus Dead <laughs> Cells stuff uh and uh yeah no I I'm I'm a little unclear on like what the difference between Motion Twin and Evil Empire is at this so, point because the uh, um, the actual blog post references that Motion Twin is moving on to make other games
3: I would imagine from the way I understand it Motion Twin was the company that made Dead Cells. They're a co-op from, I want to say they're in Europe, I'm not sure. Um, But there are people in the company when they came to the discussion about what do we want to do with our future? There was a split with some of them wanting to go make new games and some of them wanting to continue working on Dead Cells. So they split off and the people that wanted to continue working on Dead Cells became Evil Empire, a new company.
0: That looks like that's correct, yes.
3: So Evil Empire is going, I believe this is going to be Motion Twin, quote, quote, or like whatever. They're the same group of people. They're just splitting off into two teams, essentially, and two separate companies. Um, So there is going to be a split there, but it's not like it's going to be new people coming in, taking dead cells away from the people that made it. Right. It's going to be people that were already working on it and want to continue working on it. And so this is probably going to be the last patch that has Motion Twin's name on it, if I had to guess. And everything from here on out is going to be Evil Empire.
0: Well, here, let me, let me read this paragraph in this blog post here. Um, as mentioned, the Motion Twin team are plugging away on a new prototype. Well, technically two at the same time. They're a long way from having anything that we can begin to hype up, but I'm excited by the promise of what they're working on. We will, of course, keep you posted as we know more. Evil Empire, on the other hand, are really excited to continue working on Dead Cells, but also to potentially make new additions to the Dead Cells universe in the form of other Dead Cells-based games. We're quietly building a few prototypes to see whether we can pull something like that off, but we'll keep you posted as we get to a point that the Motion Twin team are happy with and really get stuck into production. So the way this is being painted is, is exactly how you say, I think evil empire who it sounds like is who is writing this actual blog post is basically being like, look, the money for this DLC is going to go towards both, you know, motion twin working on their new prototypes and also us working on getting more future dark soul or God, future dead (laughs) Cells things out. Um, which is cool. Like, like I feel like, that presents some problems if things go sour here in the future. Like having it split off into, because then, like you know, who owns Dead Cells at that point? But well, like, it sounds like
3: it sounds like from the way that paragraph's laid out is that Evil Empire does.
0: Sure, but like they're if. also painting this as like, like this sounds like my mom and my dad came together to write this letter for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, uh, but yeah, that's it's cool that they still seem to be supporting each other's work at the very least.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, It's also better in my opinion than some other company coming in to just scoop up dead cells and continue working on it. I don't know. I feel like it's better to have the original team continue to make up.
0: Right. Yeah. I agree with you. Like, and like, you know, who, who do you even promise at that point? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It looks cool. Like, like they have pictures here of the DLC stuff the background looks beautiful. Like, it always Yeah, has. the art the art
3: is super good. It's a very game. I would say it's probably the last, not the last, like it's one of the last pixel art games that I've looked at and so it's still a very good look. Everything else is kind of, that aesthetic is kind of fading a little bit, but they do a good job with it.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's like, it's come to a point where like, it was the identifying mark of indie games for so long that now yeah. like people are just trying to make games that don't look like that, so absolutely let's give you a break from talking for a second halo reach came out on pc um as part of so they are adding halo uh, reach to the pc master chief collection um which is 39.99 so it sounds like if you own the master chief collection you have halo reach uh it also sounds like you can just buy halo reach for 10 bucks which is like not bad honestly uh Oh, wait, really?
3: They're selling them a la carte?
0: That's what it says. It says you can buy Halo Reach um, on its own for $9.99. Uh, and it's... And it, and it's <laughs> are we going to get into Halo? Second. Are we going to get back into Halo? Yeah. Halo Reach is now available on Xbox Game Pass 2, so Halo Reach Ooh. is getting a big bump on top of everything else. Um, uh, that, hey, Halo was a good series. <laughs> Um, I don't think Halo Reach was my favorite Halo game because it's not Halo 2, but like I remember liking Halo Reach a lot more than I liked Halo 3, like at least for online multiplayer stuff. It sounds like they're having some problems uh being able to play with other people still, but um, you know, I'm excited that Halo Reach is on PC because I want to play Halo 2 with people again, but like also I kind of want to play Halo Reach with people again, so so I
3: think the plan was to add all of that stuff back into um, the Master Chief. Yeah, Halo 2 Anniversary Edition is in the Master Chief Collection
0: right So, right. So that's, it's a tiered release on PC. If you own the Master Chief Collection right now, you own, the the promise of the Master Chief Collection for PC is that they will be releasing all of the numbered Halo games up until Halo 4, which will be sometime in 2020. Halo Reach is the only one that's actually part of the Master Chief Collection right now. So if you own the Master Chief Collection, you will eventually get Halo Combat Evolved, Halo 2, Halo 3, and Halo 4. Uh, and they'll come out in that order, but it's a timed release schedule. So unlike the Master Chief Collection for the for the Xbox, which just had all of the, the trilogy in it, um, this one for PC is rolling out one game at a time. I, I don't know why that is. Uh, I'm sure it has a lot to do with like f- fracturing multiplayer lobbies, or like maybe the rollout on that game for Xbox was very bad, which is true, and so they just really want to make sure they get every port right. I don't know, but but yeah, so Halo Reach came out. Um, Destiny Two announced their Season of Dawn, uh, which is the next season in in the in the in the what is this one called? Uh, Shadowkeep. The Shadow Keep. The Shadow Keep DLC, the Year of Shadow, or I don't know. Eric, you got to watch the actual reveal stream, right?
3: Well, yeah, it was underwhelming, but I watched it. Um, sure. So the way they've been doing the last two years. So we talked about la- actually last week we talked about the Taken King um, and why we were thankful for it. Um, Destiny Two. After the first year, they went to a seasonal model to, one, be able to sell a season pass and, two, um, to be able to do content drops more frequently and have a reason for everybody to come back and say, like, hey, this is a patch. We've got new stuff. Come back to Destiny 2. And a big, like, invigorating thing that brings everybody back for a little bit at any given time. Um, The Season of Dawn is no different. Uh, It's just that I don't think it's enough content. But anyway, they're adding in the sundial of Osiris. Osiris is back. Um, It's a six-player match-made activity that takes place on Mercury. and you're going through, it's going to be fighting the Cabal through time as a continuation of the story that they started in the season of the Undying. Um, Not to get too bogged down in the Destiny lore, but essentially the thing that the player characters were doing throughout the last three months of Destiny 2 since the expansion dropped um, has caused some time problems in the universe, and now the ball are trying to undo their loss from base year one Destiny 2, and that's the plot, the thing going forward. Um, They're adding some new systems in that you can upgrade armor mods to be more powerful. Um, There's a new seasonal artifact grind and battle pass grind. And then they are adding a old PvP map from Destiny 1 that everybody loves. And they're adding back in the PvP mode Elimination, which is the game mode that they used for Trials of Osiris in Destiny 1. There was no mention That's good of news. Trials of Osiris. Yeah, they've ad- they're adding the mode back and adding 3v3 ranked for that. Um, but there is no mention of Trials of Osiris.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, he's here. Beyond
3: that, he's here. Yeah, Osiris is back. Saint-14 is coming <laughs> back, which is lore stuff. They're adding a bunch of cool Saint-14 armor that looks great. Once again, guns cool, armor cool. I just feel like I'm getting a little disillusioned with the roadmap.
0: So um, um, yeah. what I'll say is, like, I was excited to get into back into Destiny 2. Uh, I have been enjoying shadow keep so far um i'm kind of already bored with destiny again <laughs> mm. and this doesn't sound like it's bringing anything to the table that will bring me back to playing destiny in exactly. a exactly
3: way they're replacing a boring played out so the six player match made activity from the season of the undying Vex offensive I did it a couple times and got bored of it and then i kept going back in because i was trying to grind out a title that i don't think i'm going to finish because i can't pull myself to do it because it's just replaying the same thing over and over again and right now i need to go in there and get 500 kills with fusion rifle and i just i can't pull myself to do that um they're replacing it with a slightly different six player match made activity that's still no fail state This one's got a few more mechanics to it, but it looks like it's a lot of the same mechanics that were in the previous season, the season of Opulence. They had an activity called the Menagerie, and this appears to be kind of a reskin of that. So this is now kind of three seasons in a row where the PvE activity has just been a new thing with a new skin on it without really ultimately changing it. And that's pretty much all they showed off on the stream. It was a lot of talk about it was a lot of hyping up the battle pass and then they showed off five minutes of gameplay of this new thing and then cut the stream. They didn't like, they showed up the season roadmap where they had all of their plot points mapped out. That was like, you can come get a new exotic in week six or whatever and stuff like that. But if there's nothing for me to do, because like you can't come back and say, okay, we'll do this same content, but now St. Fourteen standing around in the tower and you can go talk to him. Like that's not enticing. <laughs> It just it feels like they've promised there was a bit, there was a quote that they dropped when they split from activision that they were talking about how they weren't going to be scared of saying that destiny is going to be an mmorpg and i feel like they haven't come even close on delivering that yet whereas like they wanted it to be a big evolving world but the only thing that changed so far was that every week a portal that was on the tower got a little bit bigger and the portal led to the same exact activity, but it was a different boss, but the fight was the exact same because it was in the same arena. They did the exact same thing, except instead of it being a Vex Minotaur, it was a Vex Hyde. Yeah. And that okay. was the only change.
0: Yeah. I, Isaiah, so we, I keep trying to talk you into playing Destiny with me again because I like playing that game with you. They had a weekly event that eric is describing where you had to kill a bunch of waves of vex uh you were encouraged to do that event every week but nothing about the event changed and then the big reveal at the end of the event which was like we are opening up this portal so that you can go kill the vex like the the concept of it was super cool which is like every week
3: we're collecting parts we're building a portal
0: we're going like, to kill this Vex mind so many times and so many different timelines that the Vex can't make a simulation where that thing exists anymore. Like, like we're going to kill it so much that the robots can't even imagine it being alive. Uh, and that big fight, just the same thing, but you swap out the boss at the end with that thing that they're going to kill a bunch. Like it's, it was literally the same encounter, except that it's just, the boss it's, was different.
3: It's stuff like that. That's just disappointing. Cause like, I, You guys know me. I will grind loot forever. <laughs> I will sit down. I will do a thing infinitely if the numbers keep going Eric up.
0: wants to see the numbers uh, get bigger.
3: I want to see the numbers get bigger. I will sit down. I will do something that seems like a brick wall and doesn't have any point except to get a shiny new item out of it. And I'm bored with the amount of having to redo stuff here. <laughs> and I don't know if it's a disconnect between what bungie thinks destiny is and what i think destiny is or what destiny should or could be and it's probably me it's probably me not knowing what their scope is but also when they say we want to be an mmo that comes with a expectation
0: right it's like it just doesn't seem like they're evolving the world at all i don't know whatever yeah i'm gonna play it once probably who knows i'll
3: (laughs) boot up that season at some point i bought the season pass already i might as well at some point it it can't get me
0: again thomas you're laughing but the thing is guns good yeah
3: like if the gun play was less fun i would drop the game and not look back but playing destiny feels great and that's the worst part of it is i enjoy playing destiny i want a reason to go destiny
1: you know what's a better destiny I'm excited. Monster
0: Hunter. <laughs> Monster Hunter was a better. They did that and we didn't go back. <laughs> That's
1: cuz I got they,
3: it on If they had released PCs Iceborne, if they had simultaneously released Iceborne with the consoles, I would not have even gotten back into Destiny. I dropped Monster Hunter once they realized that the PC was going to be 3 months behind the consoles oh, again. And hey, guess play what? Monster Hunter. The 3 months is almost up. Yeah, but then everybody already knows well, I'm what I'm not going to play do. Monster Hunter
0: again now. I play Destiny. <laughs> no, I got I got Pokémon now. You got Pokemon. Um. Okay. Pokemon Sword and Shield came out three weeks ago. We've been playing it the whole time, <laughs> I, except for Thomas, um, who he still got time. He's
2: observing.
1: He's got plenty of time. Look, ta- okay. it's first in the memes. And
2: yeah. the moms. It's yeah. All about the moms. You the Moms, get... the moms. That's
0: it. Huh. Well, okay. Actually, that's the other podcast in, you need. Yeah, we, we just talked about everything with Pokemon uh pokemon fun this is a good one a lot of people before i bought the game told me this one was gonna be a bad one uh and it wasn't i have had a really good time playing it um i am i have disappointments with pokemon that have nothing to do with whether or not my favorite pokemon made it in because because it did well no Cricket krikatoon, <laughs> krikatoon didn't make it in krik is not your f- and i'm and i'm sad to hear it uh
1: but krikatoon is nobody's even third favorite
0: krikatoon <laughs> is in my top five and you can eat shit Not number two you don't who's my number two
3: regular, regular Raichu. Raichu.
0: <laughs> no Raichu. for the for the sake of this argument it's only fair for Raichu to take one whole slot Everybody knows. Pokemon. Jake's number
3: two is Licky Licky because he's a pervert.
0: I'm not. That's don't true. put that on the air. It's a good <laughs> thing your microphone cut out halfway between the word pervert, so nobody will know. Okay, fine said. It's
1: Serena because you're a pervert. Ah, oh
0: jeez. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Um, no. Uh, the 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 so the loop of this game, this the new Pokemon game. Uh, I think was a fun. Um, okay, so so part of what I like about Sun and Moon is that uh, you don't do gym battles in Sun of, in Sun and Moon, you do these like I forget what they called them in Sun and Moon. They're like trials. And it was like yeah, a they mini- them yeah, it was like a mini game, and then you had to fight a wild Pokemon, and then you fought a trainer, and it was like different enough that like you know you weren't collecting badges, you were like you weren't just mowing through the three trainers in a gym, and then fighting the gym leader like it changed enough it changed it up enough that i thought it was really fun to play through uh i feel like this game does a fine job of like taking what it learned from that concept of gyms and sun and moon and applying it to uh like traditional gym battles from the older pokemon games uh because you have gym challenges which are basically these little mini games that exist before you get to fight the gym leader of each thing uh and like you know none of them were like well I, that's not true the fire one was super super cool um and i kind of wish was like a, a game mode but like for the most part you know none of it is like game changing in any way but like it's all it was all enough to where it didn't feel like i was just burning through the same gym eight times in a row sure um i like that they kept the overworld pokemon uh my biggest argument with for pokemon let's go was that that game felt like the most lived in pokemon game because it made way more sense to see like 12 rapidash running around in the wild than like uh
1: than some shaking bushes
0: right yeah like it made it makes more sense to like see it makes more sense to see them and, like, and like, Sun and Moon takes it up a step in making me realize that, like, if Pokemon were real, they would want to fuck your shit up, like, all the time. Like, a wild Pokemon does not want to befriend you. <laughs> like, if, you, if I saw a Machoke and I stepped into a Machoke's territory, that Machoke would come hit me with his big arms. And, like, uh, Sun and Moon does a really good job of making me very afraid of the concept of wild Pokemon. <laughs> I thought... Pokemon's
3: never done well on the story front, and I think that Sword and Shield are possibly even weaker there than oh. a normal run-of-the-mill Pokemon game.
0: Yeah, it's... Man. <laughs> it's not
3: yeah. good, but yeah. the actual Pokemon part is still very good. Like, I still enjoy doing the battling. I am enjoying my the game. I put, like, 65 hours into it at this point, and I'm actually looking on getting into the competitive for for a change but it's just having to run through the story at the very least i didn't bounce off the story in sun and moon but
0: it was not great man which is it but like oh (laughs) we can't talk about it on this podcast but like don't comparing those two stories together is like doing sun and moon a, a great disservice like sure like Sword and Shield's story is on the same level of like X and Y's, like I'm rich and what if we were all rich, but then also what if we were all dead, which is like, oh okay, sure. <laughs> That's a plot line, I guess. Like
3: hey, Lysander just wanted huge. to make the world beautiful. That's his voice, right?
0: Uh I mean I don't think he's voice acted.
3: Yeah. That's another complaint I've got is like they made the mouths move, but they didn't get voice acting which is really jarring and i thought something was like wrong with my sp- for a little bit
0: they have a whole concert bit where like one of the gym leaders is this like punk rock singer and it like j- it's just like the lyrics but in caps there's like no music and no words it's, so, <laughs> it's hey the so,
1: speech bubble is like spiky lines so you know he's yelling
0: <laughs> but like <laughs> So, so like, yeah, they I, maybe it's like, time, you know.
1: Even
3: like a GBA fire and or GBA fire emblem like, uh? or something like, whenever a character <laughs> talks would have been better than this.
1: Yeah. yeah. They they probably spent more money making the Pokemon than the fire emblem, but there's a lot of voices in the fire. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a little. It doesn't feel weird in some of the older Pokemon games. Like, it feels weird in this one that, like. Oh, yeah. Like, I wouldn't
3: expect it on, like, a Game Boy or even, like, a, 2- a 2D Pokemon thing. But, like, when they're doing these, like, 3D rendered cutscenes and then having the mouths move and just putting subtitles at the bottom, it's just,
2: like, it's jarring. I mean, look, they let Eevee say, Yeah, boy. And they don't let the humans say anything.
0: Look, they let Big Pikachu say, Pee. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just time. Um, but yeah, so I have also been checking out, uh, or at least like I've been interested in the, in the VGC, uh, which is to say Pokemon's like sanctioned competitive mode, which like, you know, they've made breeding easier to a a little bit, not as much as maybe I had hoped, but like between the raids giving you really good Ivy Pokemon in the first place and like having buyout options for some of the like EV and IV training stuff. If you don't want to do all that stuff, it is probably the easiest it's been. Absolutely. Um, I will say one of the biggest things that I really like that they added to this one specifically is the rental teams, which is like, if I make a team, I can share a code with other people. So like if I made a cool team and I wanted Isaiah to see it, I could share this team with him. And then when he goes online or when he goes to the battle tower, he can put in that code and he can use the exact same team I built um, in that, in those fights, Uh, which is a really cool addition. If only because like breeding still takes time, like breeding a Pokemon or a team takes a lot of time still. And, And like, so being able to like test that stuff out, even if it's just like one Pokemon, like, to see if I like the way it feels or, like, see if I, like, get a start on learning how a team strat works before I start building it. Putting in the time is, like, a huge quality of life change, I think.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm going to be making a melodic later. I messed around with one in a rental team, and I said, oh, wait, this rule, and I wouldn't have even look looked melodic otherwise.
0: How do we feel about the raids?
3: I like them. I wish the I was better.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so,
3: Martin,
1: lame and shame, yeah. <laughs> Martin and a Solrock spends three turns boosting himself, only to get negated by the raid Pokemon.
0: Yeah, but what if he got to hit once? You know what I mean? He'll never do a hit. No, but like, but like next time <laughs> he he'll couldn't. hit. could and it's gonna be big. You, you he can I mean? because he got killed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the raids are a cool addition. I hope they keep adding new like giga big a pokemon into the fold uh at least like well more. we know get we know
3: gengar's coming at some point
0: <laughs> well Gengar's I
3: mean,
0: in well, well technically gengar's,
3: gengar's in if you set your game into the future.
0: right if you're game if you're if you're in game clock is at the right time gengar's in but like also you see gengar if you have shield version because that's who the ghost gym leader has like the ghost gym mm-hmm. leader Giga Big is the gengar okay but all the gym leaders after the first three have biggest. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Game's fun. I'm having a good time with it. I'm not like, like eventually I will have to put it down to finish one of the four games. I really like that. I just (laughs) haven't finished this year. Um, Before game,
3: before Goaty,
0: before Goaty. Yeah. Uh, I need to put my list together besides number one, which is easy, which is also a game. Four hours for that. Like, because it's due tomorrow is that what you're saying yeah Yeah. December's gonna be over that's (laughs) true that's a good point hey he's been good about getting these up I can't tell if you're knocking me for that or not yeah nah
1: I just mean like time's fucking
0: moving dude that's true If this is the third week of December (laughs) there's only three weeks left (laughs) um but yeah time's moving
2: yet this year has been like four years long yeah, yeah, I
0: feel that. That like, yeah, man, it's, man, years been lasting. Years ain't been <laughs> hitting this past couple of years. Years like, been hitting different. Yeah, it's been real bad. It's been real rough. Um, it sounds like we're done. Um, <laughs> a little bit. We're wrapping up. It, this was a late start, and that's partially on me, so I apologize. Um, but thank you for staying up with me. I appreciate it.
3: Yeah, yeah of course. Done
0: it um i'm gonna give everybody an opportunity to say something about themselves eric where can people find you or is there something you want to plug
3: um you can find me at on twitter at eric Rudkin and on twitch at dtj underscore melons and i'm gonna go ahead and plug dead cells if you guys haven't played dead cells go check that out because it's really good and that dlc is probably only gonna make it better
0: i like having a recommendation segment at the end actually Well then, there we go. Have you been? Have you been doing these raids with all our? Why we've been podcasting? I'm, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Name and shame. Name and shame.
1: I didn't catch the Corvanite. Uh <laughs> Hey, I I just logged in to peep this apple, and it ain't dripping. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I say, I say, it couldn't be me isaiah what do people need to know about you
1: uh, you can follow me on twitter at Peterza, p-e-t-e-r-z-z-a and uh, go play yakuza 0 and then the rest of them uh, thomas
2: uh, you can follow me at trap expert on twitter going to say at twitter on trap expert but if only not yet soon i'm coming for your ass jack um <laughs> uh i don't know what you should play um, you don't got to
0: have something this is new we're doing this one on yeah. the fly baby
2: you should play hots we need more we need more people <laughs> need more than <laughs> 6 people
0: <laughs> um we really need a 12 to fill up that lobby <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find me at TH3 Composer if you have any questions you want on the show. I'm, I'm creating a question segment, too, just now. Or if you want to complain that we got something wrong, that's all totally fine. Uh, I'm going to say you should play Hot because I just need Thomas to have a good time. So. Thank you. The intro and outro song is Respect Ignized by Diamond Ortiz. Thank you for sticking around with us, and we will see you all next week. Peace out. Oh, <laughs>